Yeah, we gave too many chances away. So, again, that's on all of us to figure out how not to do that. The defense played great and gave us uh, a bunch of opportunities in the first half to take control of the game, and then I don't think it would have came down to what it came down to. Uh, collectively, we made too many mistakes and should have really been ahead at halftime, probably ahead by quite a bit, and instead uh, we find ourselves in the hole at halftime. You know, sooner or later that stuff's got to stop. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast, the Husker Fan Sports Show, with Dave, Honky, Mac, and Boomer. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast Rapid Reaction. I'm your host, David Gaspers, and I'm with Honky. That was a rough one. <laughs> and I'm also with Boomer. Yeah, these 11 a.m. starts really put a curb when you're drinking for these games, so that's a <laughs> bit of a challenge. And boy, did you ever need to have one uh, watching that performance. Uh, Honky, uh, I really, I'm at a loss for words, to be honest with you. Um, just a stunning performance. That's all I can say. <laughs> Take it away. I, well, first, before I forget, uh, I just want to thank the, the very good folks over at Berries and Plowboys. They were amazing hosts to us today, and we had a nice turnout of people in our area there watching the game and uh, you know, had some great food and drinks and everything, so I do want to thank them very much. They can't do anything to make the product on the field better. This was a bad game against a bad team, and uh, I well, don't know. Honk, I, I'll, I got to admit, I mean, it, it – it's tough to be a fan at this point. We've talked about this a little bit, mm-hmm. but it's hard because, you know, I mean, I was at a, a watch site today. Uh, it was packed. I don't know, at least 50 to 75 Husker fans there. Sure. And uh, it's difficult to watch the game and have your emotions uh, go back and forth to such a great degree, you know. And I, I'm, I'm probably one that I'm... I, I took this loss exceptionally hard again. I think Mac took Indiana's team a loss really bad. I, I'm, I'm taking this one Yeah, back. you will not hear Mac on the show today, that's for sure. <laughs> no, no, and I, I I don't really want to be on the show either, Honk, but, you know, yeah. I felt I wanted to control you in some way. Um, th- we should have been up 21 to nothing. Boomer, you're, to your point earlier, in some we text throughout the entire game. I just want to make sure the Redcasters know that we are in constant contact at all times. It was a scenario where we literally just need to punch the ball in from the three-yard line. A great play there by Darian Daniels. We're up 14 nothing at that point. We get the Even with that, we only get 10. We get the ball back again. We do three and outs defensively three times in a row. This does not happen for us. Defense is actually doing their job. Purdue literally didn't look like they were that interested in playing the game. And we somehow then again get inside Purdue's 30 and... Adrian throws the INT, and then they promptly drive the ball down 90 yards and flip the entire script on the game. And they didn't want to win the game. Purdue had no interest in playing the game. We should have been up 21-0. Yeah, and that's one of the things I tweeted uh, you know, a few days ago, even when we were watching the World Series, and the Astros left so many base runners on base in that Game 7. You know, And just one of our casual tweets then was, when you have opportunities to win games, put teams away, take control early, you have to do that. Because even if you're playing a team that you should beat nine times out of ten, or a team that's as good as you are, or better than you are, whatever, the longer you let a team hang around, the bigger the chance something can go awry and things and the script gets flipped, like it did in this game. I mean, you couldn't ask for anything more than all the little things we've always talked about as far as games go, as far as field position and turnovers and special teams play. Yep. We did all those things pretty well today. I mean, we had yeah. we won the turnover battle. Our special teams were good. I mean, the punts were good. We 
you know, flip field position. We didn't give up any big plays on special teams. We blocked punts. We, you know, we made field goals. Extra points were fine. Everything was working there. And then just to not take any advantage of this, you know, and, and penalties. I mean, for God's sake, Purdue had what eighty-seven penalties or so on some of those drives. It yeah. seemed like. I mean, they kept us in games. They they kept our drives alive for us, which is you know very handy and helpful. Thank you. Everything that we you know the things we usually say win you games were in our favor, and we just didn't do it. And that's probably the real frustrating part of today is even when we have everything go right, quote unquote, this happens, and it's it's hard to explain. I tendently stay off of Twitter after games, but I was trying to catch some some articles quickly before we did the rapid reaction show here. And um, one of the stats I saw was like our, our first like four possessions, we were averaging a starting field position at the fifty yard line, and we only get ten points out of that. Um, it's just stunning. Hockey, let's talk about the, the red zone offense. You know, we had first and goal multiple times and only came away with a touchdown finally in the fourth quarter, I think. Uh, very frustrating to to see that where we're handed the ball at the three-yard line and we don't punch the ball in just by running the ball and handing it off to Diedrich Mills. This is pretty simple, right? Why, why can't we do it? I think the stat that I saw at one point we had six snaps from basically – first and goal at the at the three yard line we had you know six snaps on two different possessions and we ran it one time I for the life of me after that interception that Daniels had we have no ability to transfer momentum from one side of the ball to the other defense makes this big play with Darian Daniels catching the interception we turn around put the offense out there and we just lay a dud running weird shovel passes and getting sacked and it's just like oh my gosh run the ball with your 220-pound running back that you got out of Juco that was exactly built for this. And then at the very end of the game, when you want to have your Wando Robinson stud guy, he's not on the field at that at the end of the game. So yeah, personnel-wise, it's just hard to, to see things. Nothing makes sense right now with this offense. Um, I look at the quarterback, and I brought it up on Tuesday night. I said, you know, we look like we have different offenses when we have different quarterbacks out there. Martinez runs one offense, kind of a pocket-based offense. He doesn't look like he's willing to run or they're, they're not calling runs. He's reluctant to run. I don't know what it is, but the quarterback is stuck in a pocket, and it's a pretty unproductive and not a real fun offense to watch. It's a lot of side passes and side screens. Yeah, Honky, I would, I would argue that this offense has to have a productive and willing running quarterback. I can't remember who, I think it was Chris Fowler, something way in the preseason, or maybe it was during the game day thing. He was, got interviewed and he talked about Adrian Martinez, and he said, well, he's a willing runner. There's three types of running quarterbacks, mm-hmm. willing, like reluctant, and non-existent or something, right? Well, Adrian used to be willing, and actually, when we needed to score in the fourth, he was willing, it seemed like, and suddenly looked good. Sure. Um, but most of the game, he's at best reluctant, and it is a different looking offense because of that, right? Yeah, we ran two straight options to score the third touchdown, the second to the last one. Ran two straight options, and then he followed up by doing a QB, you know, keeper and, and ran in for a touchdown. There was actually parts of those last two possessions that looked pretty good at times, but that quarterback's legs have to be involved in this offense. And for the first six games of the year, which is the thing that I kept saying throughout, I'm like, why? It just seems like it's so hard to get him Mobile. I, I was very vocal about that after the Colorado game. There are times that we, if we could just roll him out, whatever. It didn't happen. It took him getting injured 
and having other quarterbacks getting onto the field to start to see that element get added to the game. And we started to see that with Noah. Noah was mobile and running around against Minnesota. We just couldn't finish off drives and score touchdowns, but we were in, spent most of the time against Minnesota on their side of the field, and he was running. And then when McCaffrey got on the field last week, my goodness, I mean, it, it was almost the second coming of the, the 90s Huskers. He's running all over the place. We're running options. I mean, he was a very mobile quarterback. We come out today, and we get Martinez out there, and I'm two possessions into it. And I, I tell Mac, who's sitting next to me at Plowboys, we're like, like, my goodness, dude, it, he's just stuck in a pocket. Where he's not moving and everything. And Mac was even like, calm down. It's two possessions. And I'm like, I, I know it is, but he just, there doesn't look like there's any threat of mobility out of this quarterback. I'm like, where it, where did it go? I, I know coming into the season, I think we all feel burned because we all were just two months ago just saying great things. You know, wow, if, if Martinez will just stick around and not leave early and, you know, can we keep him for a fourth year? Right now, this just looks like a mess. And, and, and it, from a quarterback standpoint, he looks like just a fraction of what he was a year ago. That part to me is, it's just yeah. hard to watch. It's, it is really, really difficult to, to pinpoint how that happened, but uh, I don't know how it's going to play out going forward in the rest of this season and the next season, but it, mm-hmm. it's not anything like what we're going to have last off season. That's for certain. Yeah. And I think it'd be different if, if he was a pocket passer who was terribly accurate, but uh, those, passes out into the flats, whether it's DeWandell or Chris Hickman, mm-hmm. y- you better connect on him. They're supposed to be easy passes. Yep. But the one to Hickman, who, who's in there for the first time, <laughs> is that his feet behind him. It's a it's he threw it's a poorly thrown ball. Adrian has to make that an easy catch and maybe Chris Hickman who's in the play the to, in the game to make a play can make a play. But you throw it behind him at his feet, it's a just a bad play. And it's worse than that. It's a lateral. So it could be a fumble. It could yeah, be something that it could, was a fumble. It could be something that could turn into a turnover. To Boomer's point, we didn't have the turnovers today. The things that we've called out in the past one and a half seasons weren't happening today and we still had all these issues. But yeah, the first drive, the throw to JD across the middle. I mean, that was a, a high pass he had to go up and reach for and, and great catch yeah. by JD, but that wasn't perfect. And then you get Noah going down the field and we overthrow him on what would have been a touchdown pass. And you connect on those. And if you score from the three yard line with the Darian Daniels interception, you're up 21 to nothing, essentially. And instead of it being 21 yes. nothing, it's 10 nothing. And then, well, we threw the interception at their. 10-yard line, and they went 90 yards. For the first time, they had a sustained drive. After going three and out the entire first quarter, they have a sustained drive, and then we kick them down, we punt them down to their one- or two-yard line. Now they do a 99-yard drive, and they have another sustained one. And before you know it, instead of being up 21 nothing, you're down 14-10 at half. That's where we're at right now. Yeah, I mean, Purdue is not a good team. No. We're a worse team. This is a team that, you know, for anyone that was calling for freshmen to play and all that, we were playing a team that had a lot of freshmen out there. Uh, we were playing a team that already was playing a backup quarterback before Plummer ended up getting injured. And so then they're playing their backup of a backup by the end of the game. Yeah, the third string guy beat us. Yeah. yeah, they don't have Rondell Moore out there all game. So we can't use previous excuses of, boy, if we just had this guy or if this thing happened. I mean, this this was handed to us from a personnel perspective of who we were playing against. I mean, this was not a great Purdue team. I This is rough. This is nope. really tough to watch. Boomer, uh, we got a bye week, uh, which I don't know what that's going to do for us at this present moment. Uh, but I'll give the fans plenty of time to, to enjoy this game. So that should, yeah. that should be yeah, a yeah, calm passion around here. That should help. 
look forward to playing Wisconsin. That's just going to be a, a blast. You always get right by playing Wisconsin. That's that's the good news. Yeah, about yeah that's the best thing. Yeah, when you got questions about stopping offenses in a running <laughs> game and questions of what you can do on offense, yeah, this is exactly what we need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially a Wisconsin team coming off a bye too. I think, right? Yeah, I think oh, so. Yeah, super. I mean, you know, the season has not gone at all how we thought it was, so let's turn the positive and say that maybe uh, we'll somehow beat Wisconsin <laughs> in two weeks, right? I mean, it's got a, it's opposite season, right? Let's just uh, go all in at this point. Yeah. Sure, why not? I mean, the only thing that we thought would happen that did happen is Ohio State kicked the butt uh, out of us, but besides that, the whole season is just Well, you know, Dave, to, to that point, going into this year, we talked a lot about whether you were an optimist or a realist. And the reality is nobody should stand up on their high horse right now and say, hey, we predicted this. Because to the optimists out there, I'll, I'll throw me out on that, right? I'm, I'm the scarlet-colored glasses optimist guy. And, hey, we're going to go 12-0 or 10-2 or whatever. Or you're Joel Clad who had us in the top 15. Or you are pick six previews. Uh, Brett Sianci, he had us you know, winning the West. Jerry DiNardo, who says, I'm going to wait until I go and see the team in practice before I predict anything. And then he comes and sees us in preseason practice and says, wow, these guys are legit. Well, these are all smart people. Phil Still. Yeah, Phil Still. Also had us going to the road. I'm board. not calling any of these people optimists. They were just objectively looking at us and looking statistically and looking at Frost history and all that and what we had coming back and saying, I think this team is going to be a nine win, a 10 win, whatever. Honky will always say we're going to win 12, but we're going to do that, right? The realist on the other side are going to be like, well, wait a second. That's too quick. This is more of a eight and four, whatever, you know, maybe nine and three, maybe seven and five. You know, we'll play some close teams. This is worse than all that. Nobody that I knew was predicting what we're seeing right now. Dave, what did ESPN FBI have us originally coming into the season? Right before the season, I think they only had us losing to Ohio State. So 10 and 2, 11 and 1, and then they something in that neck of the woods, yeah. And then they had to readjust a couple weeks ago and a couple weeks ago they had us at 4 and 8 prior to the Indiana game. Now, even at right. that point I'm like, "Oh, come on. Are we really at that time we were 4 and 3. Are we really going to go 4 and 8?" Well, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I'll tell you, Maryland probably has more talent on their team than Purdue does. Yeah, I mean, it's quite possible. So I don't, it's not even about people projecting things right or wrong anymore. It's just this team, it's underperformed as a team. For the people that have been saying, hey, we've been getting out coached, I'll tell you, today didn't look real good, Dave. No, it didn't. You know, let, let's just take uh, one play in particular, and then we've been picking on the def- our offensive side. Let's go to the defensive side. That last touchdown that Purdue scored, uh, I'm watching that play, and in my head, it's third and five, so it's not a, it's not like third and one, or it's not you know a yard away from the goal line. It's third and five, and I'm seeing that play, and in my head, I'm already thinking, okay, Indiana was in this situation last week, and. We had our outside guy crash down on the running back, and the quarterback ran it right right uh, on the left side, and it was an easy touchdown. I'm mm-hmm. like, they're not going to let that happen again, right? And sure enough, a little different, but this time it's JoJo Doman crashes down and hits the running back. It's an easy flip to a, a wide receiver, their best wide receiver, David Bell, uh, who apparently has not gotten the attention of anyone <laughs> on the defense. And he walks into the end zone because there's no contain on the other side. To me, that's bad coaching. I hate to say it. I, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but there's an example of last week where the exact same scenario happened, and we should have had a teaching moment saying, guys, you still have to have outside contained to some level, but no, 
we crash down, hit the running back, and the outside is wide open. I have nothing else to say. You know, Boomer, I don't want to put too much pressure on you, but I want to, you know, for all the Redcasters out there that are listening and they need some glimmer of hope, I just want you to, in one sentence, say everything's going to be right and tell us exactly why. Well, the volleyball team is still playing, and they're looking good. They crushed Rutgers uh, yesterday, so that's we've got that going for us. Um, basketball yeah. uh, did beat Doan. Yeah, basketball beat Doan. You know, got a little shaky start, but looked pretty good. So there's other sports out there, Husker fans. Um, there's knitting, scrimshaw, uh, you know, things you can do. So Underwater basket weaving, things like that. You know, Dave, you and I talked about this when I was driving home, and, I, and it was like, do, do we even want to do a, a rapid reaction? Like, this isn't the overreaction show. We don't want to be just negative and just yelling and stuff. But, I mean, seriously, like, there's no credibility in coming out here and just trying to be all positive. I, I've seen multiple texts and multiple tweets from people like, to me, is this kind of a rock bottom moment? And I hate to say rock bottom because we've said it 12 times in the last couple of years, but, like, is this it? Yeah, is we it? keep finding bigger trenches and holes. It's pretty impressive. So. Yeah, we, I think we've been, been on the bottom for a yeah. while is the thing. We're just staying down. Should be the Nebraska Spelunkers or something now. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know if we're any lower than we were <laughs> against Minnesota, for example, but we're not any higher. So we're still down there. Uh, I'm still, still waiting for the rebound. You know, we, we talked a lot about coming into this week, like wanting to see a guy like Ramir Johnson get out there and wanting to see some more of the, the freshman guys. And I, I guess I just don't even know what I'm waiting for. I was really happy to see Hickman out there at the very beginning. Um, I liked when he was in the backfield and we had a two-back look, uh, and he was a kind of almost like a fullback on a play. I thought that was great. It was throwing something different out there. It was nice having Braxton Clark playing some corner and just trying to see some new bodies out there, some new faces. Because, man, we just if we go out here in the last three games and we just throw out the same dudes doing the same things, I mean, we're going to just be playing better teams and it's just going to be bigger losses. And at some point you want to feel like you're building towards something towards next year. Like, I just really want to see some freshmen. It's a really good point, Hawk. I mean, yeah, to turn this to a more positive conversation is that you got to look to the hope that you see some playmakers or guys on the defensive side of the ball that um, get you excited to see more of them in 2020 because there's not a whole lot to look forward to right now in 2019. So you got to hopefully see some guys play that we've been waiting for that could make a difference going forward. And uh, hopefully that everybody just from the coaching staff down to, you know, the ball boy um, plays and, and coaches and thinks um, at their best. And hopefully maybe we can somehow find two wins. I, I, it's finding two wins yeah. because it's not going to be easy to do. I wish I was more angry than I am right now, and I'm not. And that's a discussion I have with some other people here today too. And I don't know how to explain that because we this was a really poorly played, coached game. Yeah, yeah. And that's as harsh as you're ever going to get out of me. I mean, look, that's pretty tame. But we're better than what we showed yeah. today by a long mile from from the head coach all the way down to the ball boy. I, I really believe even the fan base probably we're we're better than this. Uh, they're all there is to it. We are not a, that bad of a team. Yeah, and, but it doesn't mean it. Mm, you can show up and, and win a game by not actually doing the little things, and we did not do the little things again today. So Yeah. All right, well, let's get out of here. Hey, Boomer, you want a, any parting shot of any sort? Well, no. <laughs> There's <laughs> just true. not much to say at this point. Let's just regroup, uh, take a bye week, be sensible, folks. Uh, you know, don't tear yeah, into people. Twitter. You know, you have a right to be upset at this, but, you know, don't tear into players. Let that slide. Let's just 
see what happens. You know, you don't need to call for any firings, hirings, correct, anything like that at this point. You know, you don't. You also don't need to. You know, believe everything coaches tell you either. You know how great these weeks of practice are going to be or whatever it is. Let's just let things happen. See what, see what results from these last three games of the season, and uh, go from there. End of the day, we're all Husker fans. That's right. Keep the faith. Keep the faith, Husker fans, Redcasters. I am confident it will get better. This is painful to go through. This is a painful moment right now. But I'm holding out to all hope that it's just going to keep getting better. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining me on this rapid reaction. Hopefully Honky feels a little bit better. You vetted. Um, And uh, uh, we'll look forward to doing the show here in a couple days uh, during the bye week. For now, let's call that a Go Big Redcast.